Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics. And today on the channel, we're reviewing The Last of Us, HBO's most viewed show since House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones in the last decade. And it's taken the world by storm. I didn't think this show would hit as, uh, as many people as it has. Uh, as a former uh, game player, but I'm so glad it did because this story needed to be told. It's a really good story, and I'm glad like all the people that didn't play the video game get to experience it. So, so yeah, I'm happy. So you're sitting here with someone who played the game a lot, and someone like me who's never played the game. So there it's were actually very... my favorite game of all time. Wow, and I think a lot of people share that sentiment. So I came to it not knowing the story beats. And I was really invested. And so I heard it was really good. And I was like, okay, is it just a great adaptation? Or am I going to love it as someone who just likes good TV? And I think this is going to stay one of my favorite shows of the year. Like, yeah. right now it is. I'm confident that Succession will beat it soon when it comes back. But right now, I love The Last of Us. Yeah, so the story of The Last of Us basically is like a fungi pandemic and the show takes place about 20 years later in 2023. And the show starts in the 2000s. You see, like, the day that everything went to shit, basically. Uh, it's a very impactful first episode. I knew, I'm not, We're not going to spoil anything so far, but, like, let me just say, prepare the, the wipes for that one. Uh, even I, that knew what was going to happen, I played the game. Even I was, like, not prepared for that. Uh, so... So that's the, the general plot of the show. It's like uh, it takes place in 2023, after 20 years after this pandemic started. And Joel uh, finds this, uh, he runs into this one girl that seems like she maybe is immune. And his adv the adventure of the show is taking this girl from one side of the country to the other side of the country where this organization called the Fireflies are going to test if they can use her immunity to save the world. First of all, I really want to shout out Neil Druckmann. Um, he's one of the creators, and he was also the writer of the game. I'm so glad that they, they got him to make the jump. So Craig Mazin, who was also the head writer of Chernobyl, um, was one of the head creators and um, directors of a couple of the episodes. I also want to shout out Gustavo Santaolalla. So he's an excellent composer. He's a two-time Oscar winner, back-to-back -back years for two of the best films from that decade, Brokeback Mountain and Babel. And I feel like he really used a lot of the undertones from he's Babel. He's Argentinian. My apologies. Argentine. <laughs> nice. So, he, so it's um, probably Santoasha or, or something like that. Okay. Um, so I feel like he used like some of the undertones from Babel to create something dark but also poetic yeah i love the music as well so uh, it's good it's based on the music of the game which is also like the game has, a, has an incredible soundtrack they they adapted this game beautifully the only time that they really steered off the the main game was in episode three and i think they did it beautifully uh because it was i think one of the best episodes of the series so far and uh, so, yeah, I trust them to, like, gear into other directions now because I've seen that they're really capable of, uh, of doing that. Yeah, the direction of the show. You can tell that they, like, drew influences from some movies that I love, like Children of Men 
or a quiet place or sicario or yeah. annihilation with the visuals of For some sure. of the zombies zombies i don't know what you want to be call fair them. the game came out before annihilation and it looked like that <laughs> okay well maybe well maybe annihilation was inspired by last of us then um but they they look dissimilar in that way but there's a shot in the first scene in the, not in the first scene in the first episode where i was like they definitely were inspired by children of men yeah. with that let's, let's talk about the cast pedro pascal i think this is said a lot but i don't think the role would have worked as well without him Oh, I agree. Because from the start, there's this gentleness to him that you see in the first part of the show that you then get to hold on to with him. And I feel like with any other actor, it maybe would have come off as too stoic. I don't know, because Pascal, like even when he's super serious, there's still a bit of wit to him, even when he's not really like trying to be funny. And I just thought it was yeah, like the best casting they could have found. He is Joel. Like yeah. Pedro Pascal is Joel. Like, uh, it's crazy how how similar he is. Like, look and feel and in character itself. Like what he says and how he says it, perfect Joel. And I think like he should genuinely be an Emmy consideration. He should win. Uh, yeah, honestly, <laughs> it's a part in, um, where he like utters this line to to Ellie. You don't know what loss is, and this the whole season, the way he said that line just sticks with me because yeah. it's such. It's like one of his most powerful, like dramatic moments in his whole career. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I think uh, Pedro Pascal really makes this role his own even though it's it's so much like the original and a person that was a bit annoying at first but i grew to love is bella ramsey's ellie she did a fantastic job what what did you think of her i thought her acting was amazing like yeah she gets on your nerves but that's the point of ellie she's she's supposed to be kind of this like both grossed out and trying to gross out everyone and make every situation cringe and i thought she was the perfect foil to him gabriel luna he plays uh joe joe's brother tommy and again very similar to the to the game they did a really good job adapting this and he kind of seems like pedro pascal's brother so it really yeah it really works and i feel like in the first bit of the show like he's just such a good presence that even when he's not in it for a while you feel him yeah, yeah he's felt there because i want to talk about nick offerman and uh, and murray barlett protect them at all costs yes uh Besides the two main ones, these were the best performances on the show, right? Yeah, Murray Bartlett in particular, I thought was, um, he gave it his all. And Nick Offerman, um, there were times where I laughed because it was so funny how he was just being Ron Swanson, but in the apocalypse. <laughs> but I loved how well he played it and how deep these characters dug. Um, yeah, I've only seen Murray Bartlett in um, in The White Lotus. Yeah, same. I so don't it was know a weird turn for me. <laughs> Because he's such a sassy asshole in The White Lotus. <laughs> and here is he's like this compassionate, super kind human being uh, who's just trying to like try to have a normal life during the apocalypse. And he plays it beautifully. Yeah. And for how different these characters are, they're like so healthy and compassionate with each other. Yeah. That that episode, we'll talk more about it. That episode it. breaks you. I want to shout out Storm Reed. Storm Reed, I thought, was wonderful. She has an episode where she plays um, Bella Ramsey's BFF. Um, oh, yeah, she was great. I, I also thought she was just a presence where like, you want to see more of her. And um, she was absolutely terrific. 
Uh, again, I've seen her in a lot, but I think oh my god, she's uh, she's Zendaya's sister in Euphoria. The only person I thought was kind of miscast was Melanie Linsky. Thank I don't know you. how I, I felt. also felt that. Really? Yeah. Okay, I thought I was gonna be alone in like the whole world, but even though she's not a bad actor, yeah, I just thought some of her delivery was a little too like out there. If she had even dove deeper into the awkwardness of her character, it would have been even more unsettling. But I kind of yeah. felt like. She wasn't even evil that much as yeah. confused. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played the game in full in a long time. And I don't remember her the character that she plays that much. So I don't know. Maybe she was being like super faithful. Maybe that's what happened. But uh, yeah, I also didn't wasn't a huge fan but I, I love Man- Melanie Linsky and like a bunch of other things I was so thinking, we're good. what if Aubrey Plaza had played this character it would have been perfect oh I agree with that actually go watch this show if you haven't it's a fantastic show yeah watch. Well, I don't think like look at me you don't need to be a fan of the games to get into it just know it's like apocalyptic it's really violent um, there's a lot of moral ambiguity in this so know what you're getting into but it's thrilling and it's worth the ride yes and as a fan of the game Know that you will probably know most of the story beats. Uh, it's not that different. Like, you know the story, you know everything. When it's going to happen, you you know it. But it's a beautiful translation and you should go watch it. Yeah, just like the... Um, just as someone who likes visceral TV, something that feels grand but also doesn't sacrifice any of the filmmaking, get into The Last of Us, you won't regret it. Right now, we're going to do a review of the new DC movie, Shazam 2, or Shazam Fury of the Gods. We're going to talk a little bit about Shazam and why we have some controversial opinions on it, apparently. So, are you ready to get started, Gal? Yeah. Shazam Fury of the Gods came out this week, and I have some thoughts. Okay, do you want to start? Uh, let's talk a little bit about Shazam 1 first, because uh, it's the same director, most of the same actors, same writers, all that. Uh, I love Shazam 1. What do you think about Shazam 1? I think it's great. I mean, David F. Sandberg came off of his short film Lights Out, which he then turned into the movie. Great And movie. then Annabelle Creation. Haven't seen it. Me neither. Uh, then he did Shazam 1 and 2. Um, first of all, David F. Sandberg, you're always welcome on the show. He's always like yes, joining <laughs> the, the channels and stuff. Um, Pony Smasher on Instagram. So we really admire him. And he provided the voice of Mr. Mind in Shazam. Um, so yeah, first Shazam, I think it's still in the top three. I think DCEU. I just thought it was really well realized. It kind of felt like in the vein of Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, like the teenage feeling, the irreverence of it. And I I thought it was such a well-realized style and it wasn't too caught up in other things like some of the other properties were because like in Batman v Superman, they were caught up with the Justice League setup and all this stuff. And Shazam just felt really pure. And I feel like it's one of the more rewatchable DCEU movies. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. I actually rewatched it this week uh, to prepare for the second one. And I had a blast. It's uh, such a good family movie, and um, which is weird. Like, not a lot of superhero <coughs> movies, you know, geared towards like families. And I, I really like that uh, that factor, even though it's so creepy at points. And you yeah, can it's really still a PG-13 see thirteen movie. I know, but you can really see Sandberg's like 
uh, background in so yeah shots. when uh, when Doctor Savannah sends like the seven deadly sins to eat his family in the office. Yeah, that office <laughs> scene. I have no idea how that got approved, but I loved it. <laughs> Great. So so yeah. So we're both big Shazam fans. Um, I also happen to like him from from your like from before. You know, like comics cartoons all that shit i think he's a great character yeah in the comics he's played by brie larson what oh <laughs> no because yeah. he's called captain marvel uh yeah that was a that was a whole thing and they even make a joke about it i think in this movie and um and yeah it's uh, it, it's never not weird that his first name was captain marvel um Indeed. Anyway, so uh, let's get on with uh, shazam 2 itself uh like we said directed by david f sandberg which, uh, as we mentioned, lights out the first Shazam, Annabelle, and I'm I'm a I'm a real fan of his directing style. I think he blends in, like I said, the family style with like some creepy, like horror styles really well. Like those unicorns in this movie are so fucking scary. <laughs> Let me tell you a bit of, a bit of a story. So me and Alan go to this movie, and I didn't look at a single Twitter reaction, single Rotten Tomato score or review. And I've been doing that more lately, and I think it really pays off. Because I, I walked out, and I'm like, hmm, I, I predict this movie has an RT score of around 85. And I opened, the, I opened the Rotten Tomatoes out of curiosity, and it says 58. And I'm like, damn. Because I really enjoyed Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I think it had you know, slightly worse CGI and slightly worse themes in the first movie. But it took everything that was really well realized about the first movie... And gave you that same sweetness here. Yeah, the villains are cheesy, but I like that it was kind of cartoonish uh, with some of the effects with the villains. And um, I mean, it seems like everyone's having a lot of fun and it made me really laugh. Like there are some some scenes and some lines that are like belly laugh. And uh, and I, I think a lot of superhero movies attempt that now. And Shazam 2 honestly nailed all the humor. Yeah, I agree with you. Like when I walked in, I actually had seen a couple of reactions. Uh, they were okay. The Rotten Tomatoes that I have seen was still like up in like the 68s or something like that. Uh, like that was the last one I saw before I walked in because I saw it like like a couple of days before. And yeah, I I don't understand it. I think this is uh, one that we're gonna have a weird opinion on because we actually love this movie. Uh, we had a great time. We watched it together. We didn't get to record a reaction for this one, but if we had, it would have been like, we would have been thrilled. Yeah, I don't, I, I really don't get the criticisms of, of this movie that much. I think it was a really fun ride, honestly. I mean, I think a lot of the criticisms that people have of this movie, you could totally apply to Mark Strong's character and Dr. Sivana, because I don't really love Dr. Sivana in the first movie or Mark Strong's performance. Like, he does the job. And that's what like some of the effects in this movie have is like there's that silliness to it. I know it doesn't look amazing, but I feel like it was it was still rooted in this. Also, because they're all suiting up now, that really adds to a family dynamic, and they really grow. Yeah, um, I want to yeah press against you in one point. I think the CGI in this movie is great. I don't know if it's because I'm done with Marvel CGI for like the past few few months, and Quantum Mania was hell to watch. But I thought the CGI was amazing in this movie. Like, it really captured what they were trying to do. Like, this more fantastical superhero. It's not that... And, uh... It's not that it didn't fit. And, it's just, like, the bridge. 
I didn't think it was a it was a ba- it was bad CGI honestly. Okay. But I thought it was pretty good. And yeah, uh I think <laughs> this movie is being victim of its release window and like what came before. Like there's nobody knows what the hell is happening with DC right now. Um not even the fans know what the hell is happening. So for normies it must be like even like weirder. The critics turned on it, I believe, because there's a lot, there's fatigue going on. Like, I'm sure of it. I'm sure people are getting fatigued from superhero movies and Ant-Man didn't help anything. And, uh, yeah, I think if this movie came out and, like, I think the first one came out on Christmas, I think that would have been better because... first one came out in, like, March or April, bro. Really? But it was a Christmas movie, wasn't it? So that's probably why. I think. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so the first one had also a weird release date because I remember it was also sandwiched between a lot of big movies and it also didn't make a lot of money. And this one's going to be the same situation. It's sandwiched between huge movies for some reason. Warner Brothers scheduling is horrible. And But here's the thing. like Shazam has always been meant to be cute. Like I think... Like we got the point that it was no, supposed to I be this cute thing. I don't think so because like that's what you were talking to me about Ant-Man and I don't think... I think it still should have been a better movie than no, it was. I mean, like, and it, the character's supposed to be cute, whatever, but it's a good movie. Like, it's yeah. Unless are we tripping balls here? What's happening? <laughs> Did we see a different movie? <laughs> I just feel like, I don't know, I felt like it had the same good style of the first movie. And if you're judging it based on where it's going to fit in the DCEU, I think you're missing the point of a, a movie standing on its own. Like, no, I don't mind that that much. First of all, I don't think that's really the problem here. Yeah, I, I, I think d- people don't like the movie in general. I don't think it has to yeah, do that much with the DCU. But first of all, let's talk about the cast. Um, there was a lot of complaint, not complaints, just like um, some people saying that Zachary Levi and Asher Angel didn't really make a unified performance in the last movie, and which I agree with more in the first movie. No, I think um, this one also doesn't <laughs> doesn't help that much in that like, regard. Asher Angel isn't like three minutes of this movie i think that helped because zachary <laughs> levi was a lot better which i hate to say but i felt like asher angel in the first movie comes in and he's like you know this guy who's a foster kid and he's lost and then you have zachary levi and he's like deadpool slash spider-man and then asher angel starts to catch up to that um yeah so i i thought it was a wise choice to put levi in it a lot more because for example jack dylan grazer and adam brody that's perfect. Like they work together wonderfully and they really see, fit each other. See, for me, I like, yes, I understand that they, they are perfect. Like they're basically the same person, which is really odd. <laughs> like if it, even in your life, they kind of like, they really look like True. the same person. It's crazy. And um, so I definitely think they have more of a unified presence than Zachary Levi and Asher Angel. But I will say, uh, I also think they also did a bit of an unbalanced thing here. And I get it because I think Zachary Levin and Jack Dylan Grazer are the actual leads of this movie. Mm-hmm. So I think Asher Angel and Adam, uh, Adam Brody kind of get the shaft in this movie a little bit. Like, you don't see Ed, uh, Adam Brody a lot. Even I, love the, I love him so much. I want, I want to see him in everything. Um, yeah, he's great in uh, Ready or Not. Shout out. He's great in the OC. Seth Seth Cohen is a is a is forever embedded in my mind. You lost your virginity. I was I was playing Magic the Gathering. You still play Magic? Yeah, but not as much. 
Also, I think it was a wise choice to put Grace Caroline Curry as both versions of Mary in this movie. I think it really let her yeah, I agree. Uh, show both the talents. Like Megan Good, first of all, loved her. Yeah, and they also don't have Ross to worry Butler. About, the, about her for a long time. <laughs> I'm always rooting for Ross Butler also. I love He's Ross great. Butler. He's great. Um, there's one scene that I love. I think it was in the yeah in the end of the first movie where he makes the anime sound while he's shooting at one of the yeah. monsters. Yeah, I think funny. that's the funniest thing in the whole movie. And it's a, such a blink or you'll miss it thing. Yeah. Um, no, he's great. There's like an episode of uh, Men's Health. They go into like his gym, like his personal gym. And it's like, uh, he's really funny, man. He's been in a lot. He was in... Some shows that people no longer like, like Riverdale and 13 Reasons Why, but I, was, I think he has good things I've ahead of him. I watched both. I didn't finish Riverdale because, Jesus, you would Terrible, need it. Yeah. You needed like a, you need a courage to finish that. But, you uh, need to lower your <laughs> But your he's great in both. Like, um, yeah, for he, sure. He's the best part of 13 Reasons Why. Uh, yeah, he's like, that's why I said I'm always rooting for him. And I'm, I'm glad to see that he was in this movie quite a bit. Yeah. And... Rachel uh, Zegler. Yeah, another newcomer is Rachel Zegler. Uh, we, we're not going to spoil who she's playing. She's high school student at. She is so good. She's uh, talented, man. She's, she's so talented. She was her. the perfect Maria in... Um, in was it last year's or what is it two years 2021 like a year and a half ago a year and a half ago like in um but i mean this is the kind of performance that just sends you straight to the top she was incredible as maria yeah like even my grandparents went with me to see the movie said that she was like amazing she's great great. yeah Uh, she makes that movie i think like uh, her performance and the visual style of the movie it's like the main parts of it who plays her sister ariana ariana the boy it's not her sister though it's no her aunt it's her brother's boyfriend brother's girlfriend i haven't watched that movie in so long uh anyway both both these performances make that movie i don't want to understate that other one um okay let's talk about the villains of the movie uh helen mirren and lucy lou whoever had this idea congrats because it was it was pretty fun Um, i think it i think it was good casting yeah like i love helen mirren in anything uh, Lucy Liu is more of a hit of, or miss, I guess, because she has been in some cheese in the 2000s. Uh, uh, yeah, Charlie's <laughs> Angels. But um, Honestly, I haven't watched it. Uh, I have. Only the uh, Elizabeth Banks version. I haven't watched that one. Uh, so they're great. I feel like they're doing the perfect, like, especially Lucy Liu. Like, people are complaining about her a lot online right now. But I think she's the perfect, like, cheesy comic book villain that we need in a family movie, comic book movie like this. I'm going to so. be honest. I don't know how I felt about Lucy Liu's performance. But I loved Helen Mirren more. <laughs> Helen Mirren was great. Lucy Liu sometimes got a little too cheesy for me. Um, yeah, it kind of seemed like she was in a different movie sometimes. <laughs> like uh, she was in like a, uh, like a 90 Shazam movie. Yeah, I felt like, yeah, like they made her like yell a lot and like be like really like enunciate and be yeah. super dramatic. But I think it makes sense in the overall story. Like when you get to the end, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the spoiler section. Why she's the way that she is. Um, also, Jaiman Hansu is somehow alive. Yes, and he's great again. Uh, he gets a lot more to do in this movie as well, which is good. Um, are you ready for some grades for Shazam? And then we'll go into some spoilers. Okay, yeah. Listen, man. I, I think Shazam, uh, besides like the Suicide Squad slash Peacemaker, I think this is the best realized corner of the DCU. And they have this great little thing going for them here. Uh, with these characters and their dynamic that even though the themes aren't as beautiful as like 
um, Zachary Levi and Jack Dylan Grazer training together in the first movie. There is some great heart there that I don't think the main Justice League quite reached besides maybe the first Wonder Woman. And I hope I hope James Gunn sees the potential here. I'm going to give Shazam Fury of the Gods a 7.5 out of 10. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with you in the Justice League sense, but we're not going to have this fight again. Uh, uh, I do believe a lot of those movies are really good, but uh, I will agree with everything else you said. This movie is way better than I thought it was going to be. It's not as good as the first one. You are completely right about that one, but it comes really close. So I'll give it a 7.75 actually out of uh, out of 10, and the first one is an 8.5 for me. So it's a... Uh, it's it's pretty close there. So that's it. That was our review. That's right. You can follow us on Film Fanatics Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, thank you guys for joining. See you next time. Bye. Peace.